0: Welcome to the Ginghamsburg podcast. After today's message, take a second to download the Ginghamsburg app. It's the best way to find out about and engage with what's happening at Ginghamsburg. We hope the following message helps you activate your faith and take the next step in your journey with Jesus. Oh, happy day. Hey church, if you're happy and you know it, raise your hand to Jesus. <laughs> well, welcome to Super Sunday. Good to see each and every one of you. Let me begin this teaching series on serving with this verse today. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. I begin with a confession. Hello, my name is Dennis and I am a recovering church workaholic. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Dennis. Hi there. Let me tell you about that. I was raised in a strict, very religious community in a family that went to church every Sunday. I was brought to church in my mother's womb. Not everyone had that experience, but that was my experience with loving parents. But I was also surrounded by many church people. That was good, but also I took on some understandings that were not always healthy. In that environment, I was raised around church people. I often heard I'm sure well-intended, but people said, you know, if we just had the right pastor, if we just had, you heard that before, hope you're not hearing it right this second, if we just had the right pastor, God would bring revival. If we just had the right leader, and we need the right leader, as just to assume we didn't have the right leader, then the church would grow again everything would be, and so I was raised in that, it was kind of under the surface, because everybody wanted to be humble, but yet that was spoken in circles, and so I took that mentality into my first church, just a young 22-year-old senior at Asbury College, hadn't graduated from my undergrad yet, and went on to seminary, I took my first church in southern Ohio, and I brought that mentality that Here I am to save the day. I'm finally here. And to be a good pastor meant that you had to be a super pastor. And so, what did I do? I got right to work, hit the ground running. I preached all the sermons, I taught all the Bible studies. At the church potluck dinners, I would be the one called upon to say the prayers. I did the clip art thing, I did the bulletin. This was before even mass email, and so it's been you know 32 years ago, a long time ago. And uh, I uh, did a newsletter. I put the order of service together. I sometimes swept the floor. I sometimes mowed the church lawn. At Vacation Bible School, we had several helpers, but I would be the teacher of Vacation Bible School. Do you get the picture? I felt like I was the plate spinner at the county fair. Have you ever seen one of these guys or gals? You get a plate here, you put it on a stick. You know what I'm talking about? You don't see them as much anymore and you get the plate spinning and you put another stick and you get the plate spinning and you get another stick and you get a plate spinning, another stick, and then you get the one on the far end and the plate spinning, right? And what happens? This one starts to wobble over here and so you come run over here and you spin that plate and then this one over here and here and here and here and here and I felt like that. Wow, look at him go and he's something. Wow, he's super pastor. And you know, I got to a place where I thought, I want them to know who I really am. Under this, this robe, here's what I really am. I'm super pastor, because that's what they wanted. And that's what grew a church. <laughs> well, friends, <laughs> you see, I grew some muscles back then. I don't really have them anymore. It didn't work. It was ineffective. And it didn't work then and it doesn't work today. And yet so often we have this mentality in the church. That's Andy Stanley's church. That's Rick Warren's church. That's so-and-so church. If we just had this kind of leader, then our church would be dynamic. But that's not the way that the Lord set up this whole thing to be. Who's the head of the church? Jesus Christ. And we are part of the body of the church. How in the world did we get to the place where the health and strength of a local congregation is based upon the personality or the talents or of a super pastor or super pastors or even a staff, so to speak. Well, in the Old Testament of the Bible, before Jesus showed up on the scene, we often would see God's spirit working through different individuals, different leaders, the leading God's people, we see that in Moses, we see that in Joshua. Now it was God's heart to always work through all people, but we see that priests were set aside as a a function that were mediators between God and people. But then when Jesus came, Jesus, into a very religious system, started to speak to ordinary, regular, Joanne's and Joe's kind of people. People with calloused hands. People who understood a hard day work for their wage. Blue collar everyday people. Jesus would say things not just to the religious system but he would say things to the ordinary. You are the light of the world. Shine your light before people that people may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. He said, you will be my witnesses. In fact, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, check out this verse. Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on who? You. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria until the parts of the earth. That you receive power. And that's exactly what happened, church history tells us. In the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2, while these ordinary people were meeting in the upper room in Jerusalem, heaven came down by wind and fire. The Holy Spirit fell upon the people and they were empowered to be witnesses. And history tells us to the end of the earth. That same power that was available back then is available right here, right now for you and for me, that this is not for an elite group, but it's for all. Amen? For all, for all who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes as a seal and a deposit into our lives by faith. And so let's look again at 1 Peter. Chapter two, verse nine. But who? You, put your name in there. a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you might do what? What's your purpose? That you might declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Does anybody have a testimony today? Can anybody say, God called me out of a dark time in my life and planted my feet on solid ground? And I'm here because of Jesus and I give testimony to new life and healing power in his name. Every Christian has been anointed, in a sense, to be a priest, to be a mediator, to share the love of Jesus to others. Again, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, that we looked at last week. Now all of you together, us together, are Christ's body. And each one of you is a separate and necessary part of it. So it's important. Without you, we would not be the full body. And that's that whole passage we looked at last week, that the ear cannot say to the eye, I don't need you. The mouth cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. That we're all in this. And if part of the body is not functioning, then we're not fully functioning all that God would have. Now, how in the world do we get into this mess that we're in? Well, I'm not going to take time to delve into church history here today, although maybe in a study we can do that. But over the centuries, somewhere along the line, the, the church decided to set aside a few professional people. Now, I understand it came through good intentions as they began to set uh, clergy aside to, to focus on their duties and therefore to help them not to have to go work another job for bread and for shelter. They took care of them so they could function full time on this important work. And the truth is, even today, a pastor is a function in the church. Um, a pastor is a shepherd. A leader is an overseer. I'm an elder in the church, an overseer. That, that's a but I'm not the only minister. Somebody asked me a while back, how many ministers? Wow, big building over there at Kingsburg. How many ministers does that place have? I said, 2,000. <laughs> huh? <laughs> 2,000? Yeah, we have four pastors, at least paid pastors, Licensed ordained pastors, but we only have them focusing on their duties. We've got 2,000 plus people who are believers who associate with this place, you see. We're all ministers of the gospel. But what happened over time is we got to the place where we say, well, only the pastors can pray. I want to let you know a little secret. I hate, I may be talking myself out of a job here. But um, because you're saying, what do we pay him for? (laughs) But my prayers as a believer are not any more effective than your prayers of a believer. (laughs) I mean, I just don't have like a special, you know, um, I'm I'm in sales, not management. Okay. (laughs) You've heard that before. You say, we're just lay people. But that's tragic. And what happens is then people, they're unfulfilled. They go through life sitting on their hands. And I think COVID and the pandemic made it worse because we all went inward. We all went online and therefore we even went to just watching and we didn't have community. We could not look someone in the eye and, and, and shake hands and, and uh, pray for one another in person. And, and so if you're online today, I wanna say, find community online. Find a way that you can connect with individuals. You can still be in community but it's got to be more than just watching, receiving another sermon or hearing. Because what happens is we turn into critics. Well, I like this preacher. I like this sermon. I like this one. Or I like this song. I don't like this song. We're kind of like a movie theater. Thumbs up, thumbs down, you know. And then if we don't like it a lot, we go to another church. And so we have people that hop here and here and here and here in the body. Because, you see, they've never got settled to see themselves as part of a Jesus movement. It's all about what they've received if they don't feel their feet. They, they are not receiving. They say they're not being fed. But friends, I don't know about you, but only babies need to be fed. We feed ourselves in the word. Amen. And so I, I, I feed it through serving. I feed it through Bible study. The truth is the model is Jesus. The head of the church became a servant. So all of us are serving together. Jesus poured himself out upon the world, upon the church, right? I love Philippians chapter two. uh, Equal with God, and yet he he humbled himself in obedience, even to the point of death. I love that passage. But God has highly exalted him and given him the name above every name and every name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. But there's that image of him pouring himself out There's a mindset in the American church of scarcity versus plenty. As if we have to hoard God's grace, that it won't be enough, that somehow if I pour myself out to the world, that I'll be empty and what will be in it for me. (laughs) That's the wrong way of thinking. Look at Romans chapter five from the message. I love this verse, Romans chapter five says, we can't round up enough containers to hold everything that God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. No matter what we give away, God will replenish, you see. But we have this mentality, you see, that we pour ourselves out as if to, in, to others, And then we're empty. We think, well, God, what's there for me? I can't even go on in life. Oh, no. God continues to meet our needs and pour out God's blessing. And there's always more that will come. And we say, well, we're empty again. And God says, oh, no, but I'll fill you back up again if you're just faithful. I just keep doing this all day, by the way, if you want me to. <laughs> that was out, wasn't it? Okay. A little fun with that. You get the picture, right? God will keep on bringing it and bringing it if we just believe. One person's discovered that is one of our teenagers, one of our students who's part of our church, who serves weekly at the fort, Dominic. And I want you to check out his story as he's serving today.
1: My name is Dominic. I serve in many different areas, but I mainly serve in hospitality and the media worship team at the Fort McKinley campus, as a clubhouse team, as an online chat host, and I also created the Gainesville Church Community Discourse Service. I first got plugged into serving by my grandmother. I was like six or seven years old, and it was on a Sunday morning at church that I saw her serving, and I was like, I want to help, how can I help? So in that moment I jumped right into serving and ever since then I've been serving what seems to be every Sunday. I keep saying yes because of the people. When I experience people serving it fills my heart with joy knowing that there are people who care and that they love Jesus and they are actually doing something about it. I can't watch from the sidelines and see other people serve and not put my faith into action. What I love so much about serving is community engagement. When we serve together as a community we are better together. We can't serve alone. We need people. In fact, I'm reminded of Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, where Jesus tells his disciples that, "...for where two or three gather in my name, though I am with them." I also really love serving with new people. There's something special about seeing that understanding, that feeling of what it means to serve others quick in for the first time. I created the Discourse Server because I saw the idea as a new way to engage in conversation daily. What is Discord, you ask? It is a social media platform that allows you to communicate with your family, friends, and people across the globe, via text chatting, video and voice calls, etc. For those of you above a certain age, think of it like AIM plus Facebook plus Zoom. Nowadays, Discord is pretty much the source for all different types of communities. Don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone and experience something new. It's hard to let go, but letting go is the first step of pursuing the next thing that God has for you. Stop being a bench woman and start something new. It's time to get in the game. Today.
0: Amen. Let's give some praise to Dominique. Thank you. I know he's watching today from the Ford. Well, that's one of our online ministers, in a sense. A teenager who decided to roll up his sleeves, who decided to get off the bench and get in the game. And his life is fulfilling many people's desires a day as he's serving. Now, I started this message by talking about super pastors, but wouldn't it be incredible if we could see ourselves with a humble sense of humility as super people, super people who have been empowered supernaturally by the Holy Spirit to do the works of God here in Tip City, Ohio, and throughout the Miami Valley. Wouldn't it be cool if actually we saw ourselves as a super priest, as a super minister? Now, how many remember the 2004 movie, The Incredibles? Yeah, remember that? It's been a while now, almost 20 years. Pixar put it out, an animated movie. It was about a family of ex-superheroes who discovered they still had it. And they went to work again. Now, wouldn't it be amazing in a humble sense if we saw ourselves around here, we come to this place as super ministers, it would be like, here I am to save the day. I'm baby walk, walk uh. Rocking woman. I can't even pronounce because you see, I need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to speak. (laughs) Let me try that again. (laughs) Here I am to save the day. I'm baby rocking woman at Gingamsburg. There you go. (laughs) Or, quick, give me a pen. I'm encouraging letter person. (laughs) You can tell I'm making this stuff up. (laughs) Or, Quick, to the snowplow. I'm Shovel the Walkman at Gigginsburg. You know, wouldn't it be incredible if we saw ourselves supernaturally empowered by the Holy Spirit to do works around that all of us, oh, I'm just a little minister, just a little member sitting in my, I can't do anything. No, God has, God has given you the Holy Spirit. God has given you power from, but you shall receive power that you will be my witnesses to the ends of the age I dream, I think it's God's dream, that we would continue to be a church that would see ourselves as strategically placed here for a purpose, to love Jesus and do something about it. I long for the day when we can pass the mic around this place. That may seem scary to preachers. We could pass the mic around this place and we have someone stand up and say, hi, my name is John I'm a priest. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ with the spiritual gift of hospitality. I serve every week on the hospitality team, and I love standing by the door and welcoming people with a smile as they come in. If they've had a hard week, I am an encourager. I was made for this. Or, hi, my name is Lisa. I'm a priest. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ with the spiritual gift of administration. And I've teamed with Sarah in the children's department. And I'm helping with organization and schedules. And I love to see how everything's coming together. I was made for this. Or hi, my name is Luke. I'm a priest. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ with the spiritual gift of helps. I'm kind of a techie person, so they put me on the media team and now they got me on a camera sometimes and when I'm on that camera, I feel like I'm partnering with Pastor Dennis or Pastor Fitz or the other pastors and getting the word out in the sermon. I was made for this. Or hi, I'm a priest. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. My name is Courtney and I have the gift of helps as well. And my passion is gardening and outside. And so I've joined the landscaping group, working with Jason Siminger and others. And I am coming over this summer, two nights a week. And when people come onto this campus, I pray that they will experience a love of God in a new way and they see the flowers and they see everything looking so beautiful They will be reminded of God's creation. And this is a place of peace. That's who I am. I'm wired that way. I was made for that. Are you getting the picture? And then someone else stands up and says, well, hey, my name is Betty, I'm a priest. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and I have the spiritual gift of leadership and I am now leading a group of women at my home on Tuesday nights in Bible study and I've never in my life felt as home with God as I feel and with that small group. I was made for this. Or my name is Dave, I'm a priest, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and I have the spiritual gift of encouragement. And so on Monday morning, I've been going over to a local nursing home, and I've been bringing flowers, and sometimes I even pray for people, and I encourage people, and oh, I know I make their day as I bring the love of Jesus. I was made for this. My name is Martha. I'm a priest. I don't get around as much as I used to. In fact, I'm homebound. I don't get out, but I'm part of the online community. But I have the spiritual gift of intercession, And so I have committed to pray over those names on Gingsburg Praise Daily. And I encourage people and I pray that God's healing and power will be upon people's lives. And I know God is using me and I pray for our pastors and I pray daily for our staff and I pray for all those sitting in worship. God has given me that passion and that's my ministry and I was made for this. And then there's Todd. Todd stands up. He says, I'm a priest. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I haven't figured out my spiritual gift, but I've got the gift of goofiness. And so I've tag-teamed with Fitz and Jaden, and I'm working with middle school boys. And I think, you know, I'm making a difference in their lives for Jesus. Amen? I was made for this. See, you were created in Christ Jesus. You are God's workmanship, we've said. That's God's heart and I dream for a church like that. And that's where we're coming. That's God's heart, that's God's dream. Friends, I don't know where we got this other one that's half country club, amen? Half performance theater. That's not what Jesus came to create. Jesus came to create a church with open hands and hearts, ready to serve. That's what we were birthed for, to do these things in Christ Jesus. Thanks be to God. In closing, let me share a portion of Mother Teresa's book, A Gift from God. She was talking about how we as Christians get so mystical, Oh, I'm feeling close to the Lord, and it's like goosebumps. And if I don't feel goosebumps, and that's the purpose of life, then God's not close. But here's Mother Teresa to us today. Listen, we all long for heaven where God is, but we have it in our power to be in heaven with him right now, to be happy with him at this very moment. For being happy in his presence means loving as he loves, helping as he helps, giving as he gives, serving as he serves, rescuing as he rescues, and being with him for all the 24 hours because we touch him when we touch others. And when God, friends, we're almost through, but listen. When God sees us doing that, I believe God says, Now there's a church that's getting it right. Amen? Way to go, you bunch of superheroes. And you too, super pastor. (laughs) Amen. I hope you enjoyed today's message. I've got two invitations for you before you go. First, subscribe to our podcast so it shows up in your feed every week. And if today's message inspired you and you'd like more people to hear
1: it, you can give a financial gift through the Ginghamsburg app or online at ginghamsburg.org.